This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, July 21st, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing, Eddie Elliott Jr. And joining me is Imran, the Don Con. Howdy. I'm wearing a PS I Love You shirt to protest that the th- horrible things Barrett has been saying about Final Fantasy VII on Twitter. What is it? Wait, Barrett's been saying things on Twitter? Yes. About, about Final Fantasy VII Remake? Yes. What are the things he's been saying? Because this is... So, of course, PS Love You XOXO is now up uh, on podcast services around the globe and on YouTube.com, so it's kind of funny games. And on today's episode that came out this morning, me and Greg did the whole, did the whole bracket. Right where he decided what's the best PS4 exclusive of all time, and Barrett was on the ones and twos, and he had he had some things to say, some some non favorable things to say about Final Fantasy VII remake, along with a few other games. Yeah, he is he's been taking that fight to also Twitter as well. Mm. I think mm. I'm not going to spoil what happens mm. in that podcast because you just told me, but I feel like some of it was a little personal. Of he liked one game and didn't want to see it lose to FF7. And he has taken he has taken that anger I, to Twitter. I, I understand. Wait, I yeah. understand. Also, I'm like I'm very choppy right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. You cut out. We didn't hear any of that. It was just uh, I. <laughs> okay, I'm just, I'm I'm back now. Nice pause. Am I, am I good now? Can you hear me now? I can hear you. So what I, what I was saying is I un, I. I understand. Like I, I understand what Barrett feels because I feel some of the same stuff because I had some beloved matchups go against Final Fantasy VII Remake too. But like, it's the name of the game, you know. <laughs> you know, it's it's me, it's Greg Miller, it's the chat, and sometimes the chat dictates certain things, and and we all we all don't agree. Mm-hmm. That's how things go. That's how. Things I mean, go. that's that is the benefit of being a Patreon subscriber is that you can weigh in on those things. And not have to just sit on the sidelines being like, well, actually, I thought FF7 was bad. And then you don't have your opinion in the fold because you're not subscribed to Patreon. Exactly. Well, here's the, here's the thing. that the, Having the chat be involved actually made me feel a lot better on a lot of the decisions me and Greg were making. Because there are certain ones that we were picking where I was like, oh, I don't know how people are going to react to that. And then we'd pull the chat just as like a fun thing to see where people, people would lie. And more often than not, like the chat would either agree with us or it'd be closer than what we'd think. And so mm-hmm. for some picks that I thought were controversial, ended up not being that controversial in the chat, probably end up being controversial in the grand scheme of things once more people start listening to the episode. But I feel like for the most part, it was a pretty good balanced episode and honestly kind of predictable, but still balanced, still fair. And so I'm very I'm excited for like some random places in subreddit or like whatever like a place in exclusive subreddit to just take that poll and be like this is such a bullshit why how could they do this this is not scientific because they do that all the time with every ranking of every game and anywhere oh, so yeah. pre- be prepared for, to get some twitter hate messages in like six months blessing i say you go in there oh, right prepared. now and change the name to scientific <laughs> giant bomb Let's gets a lot it. of shit for that, actually for their, their ranking of fighters yeah I so I I miss uh, Giant Bomb how they usually how they traditionally do Game of the Year because they go for it in a way that I I 
I don't know how they have the stamina and the wherewithal to like you know do like the top. They do like the top. They used to do the top three, uh, like of a bunch of different categories for game of the year, and then they would culminate it in their top ten games of the year ordered ranked and it's not like a it's not a vote system it's not like a uh you know we're polling from chat or whatever it is them in a room having to unify like having had a have a unified agreement on what their top 10 is going to be and every year i very much look forward to it they've like pared it down over the years so now it's mainly just that top 10 but still it's one of those things where i'm like if i'd be in that, if i was in that room i'd be so stressed man I think but, d- didn't ign when they pick their game of the year do a similar thing where they all like come together they like vote i feel like they vote at a certain point though right like giant bomb doesn't vote i mean they are they are talking things out yeah but like i I think that's what ign does too but like at the end isn't it a vote when they're like okay should god of war go before this other game i don't know what games came out that year yeah we voted last year and i was like that's fine that that leads us to a, a conclusion very fast but I, I do miss the like debate and arguing over which game is the person who has the wherewithal to survive is the one who gets their game of the year. Wait, wait. So you guys voted, but exactly. didn't have a dis- like a giant discussion beforehand. I mean, we talked about not beforehand. No. Mm-hmm. And that's how for what was it? Uh, Jedi Fallen Order walked to the game of the year for kind of funny last year. Exactly. Uh, and of course, I encourage everybody to go listen to PSWXOXO because it's a lot of debate, but it's a very fun time. And halfway through, me and Greg get drinks, and it turns into a little bit more nonsense after that. And so, how long is PSWXOXO now live? Uh, it's two and a half hours. Oh, Jesus it's a pretty long Christ, every time. Every yeah, goddamn man. time. <laughs> but enough about that. Let's talk about more controversy coming out of Ubisoft. Logic signing a deal with Twitch and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily each and every weekday at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kind of Funny Games Daily. To be a part of the show, head to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, where bronze members or above get to write in, and silver members or above get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post-show. Housekeeping, of course, the Kind of Funny X-Cast is up right now on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, podcast services, and now on Spotify. That's right. Uh, we finally won. We did it. It took a weekend. It took a few days, but we're there. We're on Spotify. So if you have Spotify, go ahead and give XCast a listen there. Um, speaking of XCast, remember this week is a huge Xbox week. Xbox week here on Kind of Funny. Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday at two p.m., Greg streaming the Summer Game Fest demo event, which we'll talk about a, bit, a little bit later in this episode because that's a new story. Um, but basically, of course. A bunch of demos are coming to Xbox Live. Greg's going to be sitting down, playing through quite a few of them. Uh, and again, that's happening Wednesday at 2 p.m. right here on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Uh, Thursday at 9 a.m., we're reacting live to the Xbox Game Showcase alongside the host of Kind of Funny's Xcast, Snowbike Mike. Of course, it's him. It's going to be Greg, Tim, me, and Andy, the five of us, reacting live to all them Halos, all them Gears, all them Forza Horizons. So, so tune in for that. Um, but enough about xbox again like i said earlier ps i love you xoxo is live on podcast <laughs> services around the globe youtube.com so it's kind of funny games and again it's a it's a two and a half hour long ridiculous episode of ps love you where me and greg are making our way through a bracket of 70 something games and uh uh you know agreeing on some on some things disagreeing on, on on a lot of things but overall having a good time so i recommend you go check that out 
Thank you to our Patreon producers, Muhammad Muhammad and Blackjack. Today we're brought to you by Klarna, but I'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is and forever will be the World Report. Time for some news. We have five stories today. Kevin, I have a question for you. How's my internet? Because I'm noticing that I'm getting you guys being choppy for me a lot, and that probably means that I'm being choppy as I'm speaking. Am I fine? Uh, no, yeah, you're fine. You were choppy earlier. Okay, but, but everything's good now? It's leveled out now? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, my connection cool. looks pretty solid. How's yours? Uh, I mean, my connection? Oh, bottom, left okay, can... of, bottom left corner of Discord. You don't have oh, to guess. Oh, Discord. Yeah. I don't bottom care left... how your internet is. <laughs> I don't see what it says video connected right over the, your image and your name above. Oh, it. I see. I see. I see. I see. I see. It's it full green? bars. It's green. Yeah, it's green. Hover over it. What, how many milliseconds? Hover over the three. Bars. Uh, mm-hmm. 29 milliseconds. Ooh, okay. It's not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have been noticing blessings a little delayed in terms of like responding. So he's got the yeah. mic in front of his mouth. So it's one of those things that like it doesn't look like his audio is delayed. You know? <laughs> Story number one, what the fuck is happening at Ubisoft? Uh, this morning, you know, I guess as this is happening also, as I'm doing this, we actually have six stories because Greg is adding breaking news because something is happening. I don't know what's happening, but something big is happening. Um, but we're going to start off with this Ubisoft story because it's huge. This morning, Jason Schreier over at Bloomberg uh, broke essentially what, essentially more details on what we've kind of known has been going on at Ubisoft because over the last month and a half, we've been getting uh, stories about essentially the culture over there at Ubisoft and things that have that have not been not been good happening over there. Uh, we got a full breakdown from uh, Jason Schreier at Bloomberg, but I'm actually going to pull from Stephen T. Wright at at Gamespot because the Bloomberg story is very detailed, very long. I don't I don't have time to read that all on the show, and so Gamespot had a pretty good condensed version of the story. And so this is Stephen T. Wright right here. Over the past month, Ubisoft has been embroiled in one of the largest scandals in industry history, with more, with, with more than a dozen ex-employees alleging that the, that the video game publisher is a haven of misogyny and sexual harassment. Now, Bloomberg News has published a lengthy report that reveals new details about the ingrained culture of toxicity at many of Ubisoft studios, allegedly, enable, allegedly, allegedly enabled by executives that prioritized family connections over complaints of misconduct. One of the most upsetting anecdotes comes early in the piece in the company's Paris headquarters during a presentation of an important game led by, uh, by a woman who was out of the room at the time. Chief Creative Officer Serge Hasquet pulled up a YouTube video of a French song that describes sexually explicit acts with a woman with the same name as the presenter, pausing it when she came back into the room. Hasquet has since been removed from his position. A racist anecdote from the publisher's Bulgarian office describes multiple staff members calling the Black Star Wars, Black Star Wars actor uh, John Boyega, quote, a monkey. This culture of sexism seeped into the publisher's games. Uh, the report focuses on how it affected the Assassin's Creed series, stating that scripts were changed in development to focus on more male characters, particularly in Syndicate and Origins. According to the piece, Syndicate was supposed, uh, was supposed to feature the twins Jacob and Evie equally though Jacob ultimately ended up with much more screen time. Origins, uh, Origins' male hero, Bayek, was set to be injured or killed early in the game, and players would assume control of his wife, Aya, but that changed over the course of development. The latest change in the series, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, originally, originally only allowed players to control Cassandra, a woman, 
However, when members when members of the publisher's male-dominated ed editorial team said that a female protagonist wouldn't sell, players were ultimately given the choice of Cassandra or her brother, Alexios. In recent weeks, a number of employees have left Ubisoft in the wake of similar allegations, including a marketing manager and several executives named in the report. The creative director of the upcoming Assassin's Creed Valhalla also stepped down following accusations of infidelity. Imran, again, this is these are details that essentially, you know, broaden what we what we've known already uh, about Ubisoft and about what's going on there. How do you react to to essentially these new details regarding how that's now fed into their games and and how that's changed uh, things like protagonists? I'm gonna go ahead and file this into the "I'm incredibly not shocked" folder because. Honestly, you can see this in a lot of Ubisoft games over the years. Uh, I remember specifically very like when my first interviews at GI was talking to Ashraf Ismail about representation in Aya and stuff like that, and he confirmed to me in the interview, "Oh, well, we, Aya is playable in this game." I remember writing that up in a preview. Then Ubisoft PR flipped the fuck out, and it was like, "No, we, this was never said. We, we never said Aya is playable. Remove this from the preview." So we ended up having to remove it from online and take it out of the magazine like at the last second. Uh, then the game came out and Aya was playable. So I've always kind of wondered in the back of my head is like. I wonder if they're doing that because they don't want people to know or think the game is more girly than it is because mm. it's a female playable character. And reading this, like all that cut together, like, yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds kind of like why they did that. There was that whole confusion with Odyssey with like, I kept asking them, like, who is the canon character of Odyssey? I'm like, well, honestly, it's maybe both, but I'm like, all the merchandise has Cassandra. So why is the game like split? Like, well, we want players to have a choice, and the same thing kind of going with Ivor these days as well. Looking at all this stuff, saying it's actually affecting game decisions, again, not shocked. It seemed yeah. like anyone who's paying attention to Ubisoft over the last couple of years already probably kind of figured that. Yeah, this, this is all unfortunate, especially given the... I feel like how discussions have evolved over the years in regards to, I mean, entertainment in general, but video games you know like like i remember the last generation where you there there was a graphic or like a meme that was floating around essentially of like a bunch of different cover arts of uh games from last gen or like action games in particular from last gen and it's like just a sea of like you know white male faces right yeah. and bald i think weird yeah yeah like all with like the same haircut and it's one of those things where it's like all right, why is this the case? Like, why do we have a bunch of characters that that look the same, that that sound the same? Uh, you know, what what is it about video games where we can't get a little bit more diversity in there? And a big part of it is things like this, right? Like the idea that women aren't going to be able to 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 sell a game if you have a woman on the on the cover. You know, I remember that being a, a conversation around Last of Us Part One, where I I believe like they actually had a fight to get ellie a prominent spot on the cover for that game uh because there were worries that like like okay well you know is she going to be able to sell this game that's supposed to be this you know hardcore action horror game like why not have have joel be the, the person on the cover um those are conversations that that have been happening forever and yeah like this is just this is just another symptom of that that kind of overall issue that there is and i'm once again like we, we've talked about this already but you know, I'm glad to see the editorial team at Ubisoft get restructured and Surge let go and uh, see that now there's, there's there's probably hope for things to get better in regards to Ubisoft, in regards to uh, more of a wide scope and how they approach making their games and putting out their games and, and, uh, uh, and you know, 
idealizing what character is going to be the main character versus a side character or a playable character all these mm-hmm. things like there's 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 so much there there's so much that needs to be done and needs to be pushed uh and yeah like again like i'm 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 happy that it seems like we're seeing some change but that said you know all the stuff in this report is terrible uh especially yes. with like i mean i mean one the the characters being scrapped uh for the reasons they're scrapped but also yeah, like the other things that are going on within the studios, right? Like the John Boyega monkey thing, like that's terrible. That's fucked up. Uh, you know, that the uh the woman lead, you know, being disrespected in that way, like again, a bunch of fucked up stuff that like I it, it's ridiculous. Like it, it's 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 ridiculous. I will say Sony does a fantastic job of like kind of forcing you to play as a female character, just like this is the story you want to tell. It's a female character, fucking deal with it. Then those games sell really well, so I don't understand Ubisoft's apprehension because, like, the best-selling some of the best-selling single-player narrative games this generation have been like Horizon and uh, Last of Us, stuff like that. Like, yeah. it's so strange that publishers still cling that old world mentality. Like, uh, don't nod. I think they had a story that when they were shopping around, remember me. They're like, okay, we'll do that. Uh, publishers would say we'll do this, but it has to be a male character. We can't have a female one. And Don't Nod said no. And so eventually Capcom was the only one who said yes, because Capcom kind of has like a bunch of games that female led are female-led narrative games. So it's not mm-hmm. shocking that they love like they are okay with that kind of thing. I don't understand why Ubisoft is stuck in that old mentality. Cause like, what are they basing that on? Like Beyond Good and Evil? That didn't sell because the main character was not female. It didn't sell because it was like a a Zelda like with cartoony graphics, and that wasn't a big thing at the time. Now I think it would do a lot better, but yeah, I don't understand yeah. why Ubisoft's culture evolved or devolved to this point. Honestly, I mean, I think it's pri- it's primarily people at the top, right? Like it's primarily people that have that creative power that are ones that are the ones enforcing uh, these decisions, you know, in the in these kind of narrow mindsets. And I mean, a big part of that is, you know, like you like you mentioned, right? Like, you know, what is with this old school mentality? And I think that is because you have old school people at the top, like you have yeah. you have the these again like you know old white men that have been doing this forever that might have established that that thought process in the early 2000s and just never grew with the culture and never saw you know where things went culturally and how people would become way more open in terms of different types of video games and different types of protagonists and different types of characters and just stayed with that same mindset but still having that same control which has now led to uh where we're at now where where we can't get an assassin's creed with a sole uh female protagonist you know i mean like taking out of video games for a second this is kind of exactly what happened with marvel for a very long time of the reason we're getting black widow movies and black panther movies and stuff like that now is because perlmutter is not involved in the movies anymore and that was the thing that he was he was very, or supposedly, this goes on like secondhand reports, but supposedly he was very vocal about how women don't sell and minorities don't sell. So he would veto any attempts to go beyond the white male protagonist. I feel like that same idea is obviously pervading video games still. You mentioned Eve's, or not you mentioned, I saw in chat they mentioned Eve's Gimmo. I feel like things aren't going to change that much with Eve's Gimmo at top. Because obviously if these things were happening, he was aware and he was signing off. So is it going to be that different or is he just solely listening to the editorial team and has no input of his own? And I, I, I think that's the thing we'll start to see and learn as things progress, because, you know, I, I think it could be either or, right? Like I do think 
the the amount in this and this is all like just from reading and, and seeing what we're given right but like it seems like the editorial team had a lot of power or has a lot of power uh in terms of deciding the direction i don't know how much of that falls on eus like the amount of in I've, I've always looked at eves as like the, a business guy as opposed to like anybody that had any that has any creative input um and so like again i i think it's a thing to we'll see you know and i don't know we'll we'll see uh spencer marie writes in to patreon.com so it's kind of funny games just like you can and says jason tried adopt another explosive time about misconduct allegations at ubisoft while the details of the abuse are horrible the parts of the article that stuck out to me were how this culture was deeply affecting creative choices at the company especially with assassin's creed teams it feels very insidious seeing how women characters were continually diminished it feels like ubisoft kind of played us all doing the bare minimum to include women while still holding to a culture that demeans them Going forward, is it going to be enough that Ubisoft gives you just a choice to play as a woman? I mean, after this story, no. After this story, they, they're going to have to put a couple of female-led games out there. And I, I kind of see their reasoning to an extent, that these games cost a lot of money to make, and they don't want to take a risk. But that risk is dumb. They, that actually is no risk. Male, male players will play a game with female protagonists. It's just no one cares that much. The people that do care wouldn't buy the game in the first place. So just fuck them. Just do whatever and just make the game you want to make. That has always been the thing to me is that whenever I say, whenever I criticize a game for like, let's say social reasons on Twitter, somebody mm. will come up and say, developers should make the game they want to make. And it doesn't actually work out that way because they're not making the game they want to make. They're making the game they think those pieces of shit want to play. And if they keep doing that then we're just going to get the same kinds of games over and over from a company that's already a little rote these days so let let the developers make those kinds of games if only so it pushes the conversation a bit forward yes and to your point of developers should make the kind of games they want to make like this is this story is kind of a whole story about how developers didn't get to make a game they wanted to make right like when you look at how the how how the these important creative decisions for their game ended up having to be uh, filtered through uh, to the top and ended up getting rejected, right? For reasons that seem to be closed-minded and shitty. And so, like, I'm with that idea of let developers make the game they want to make. But yeah, it seems like that's not happening. And to, uh, to Spencer's question here, right? Like, is it going to be enough that Ubisoft gives you a ch just a choice to play as a woman? I, I, like, I don't think that's enough for any developer, right? And this is for me... Me as a, me as a as a black dude who plays video games, right? Like I, when I when I go into a game, uh, uh, and I and I have a character that that looks like me or that I see myself in, right, as a black character, I don't necessarily want that to be the end all be all, right? Like I don't want the end all be all for a character to be a woman or for a character to be, to be black or for a character, uh, to be gay or trans or whatever that identity may be. I also want that representation to be done well. And so there are plenty of games where you play as women, but the women are badly written because mm. it, the those women were were written by let's say an all male team, right? Or there wasn't the the amount of uh, TLC there to allow for that character to feel like a full fledged character. Like I and I had I had this like small, like very small critique with the Last of Us Part Two because there's a there's a a prominent black character in that game that like kind of comes and goes and doesn't get. Uh, in my opinion, didn't get the love that they deserved in terms of uh, where their story went. And like, I, 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 I think including 
a woman as like a, a, a main character is legit the bare minimum like you gotta like you you have to write those characters well right like you have to write women well well you have to write uh different marginalized folks well and so i think for me that's the goal like that's that's the bar you have to, you have to set and that you have to hit yeah and representation matters honestly like i grew up with the only brown characters i knew about were like dal sim and obviously that's not a good representational thing for like a a child growing up in america that doesn't quite know what like what to make of their skin color but mm-hmm. loves video games they don't really have a lot to go by and obviously women are not a minority but they are a an oppressed uh what's the word I'm looking for demographic mm-hmm. in american society so it is it is i think the bare minimum to start doing something about that even if you think like your game is not going to sell you're wrong that's just straight up the thing you're wrong if you think that is a that impacts the sales in any way not in 2020 and Ron, let's make a hard transition to story number two. Uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two has entered full development. This is from Jordan Alleman at IGN. Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two has entered full development, and game director Tetsuya Nomura wants to del- deliver the game, quote, as soon as possible. This news arrives thanks to a 15-page interview from an upcoming issue of Japanese games magazine Famitsu, uh, details of which were posted to the Ryokutia blog and later translated by Twitter user Itaki, hmm, Itaiki Mochi. Itaiki Mochi. Itaiki Mochi. Itaiki Mochi, sorry. Itaiki Mochi. Uh, according to the blog, sor- blog source, full development has started for the second part of Final Fantasy VII Remake following the first part's release in April of 2020. Itaiki Mochi pulled an- another interesting quote from the same interview, which details Nomura's intentions for the second part's release. Quote, We know everyone wants the next installment quickly. We would also like to deliver it as soon as possible. Since we were also able to see the line of quality from the first installment, we hope to make the next installment even better in quality uh, that can make for an even better experience. We'd like, to, we'd like to get it out as soon as possible, so please wait for it. I think we can clearly convey the direction when we, when we officially announce the next installment, end quote. Perhaps more interestingly, executive producer Yoshinori Katase also explained, explained that, quote, the new story of Final Fantasy VII has only just begun, end quote. That contrasts a little with Katase's previous comments when he said the original game story wasn't being drastically changed. Imran, as as Final Fantasy VII fan number one, maybe number two, I don't I don't know where you rank against Tim Gettys. I'm just gonna say you're tied, right? So if you're tied for number one, how how do you react to this? Do you feel like Final Fantasy VII remake is actually going is actually somewhat imminent? I would say so. I when I read this statement and based on what they've been saying recently, my assumption is that they have a lot of already base work done on F7 Remake Part 2, or whatever they end up calling it, but I suspect a lot of things changed once the, the first game sold so well. And that, kinda, that I think, is where stuff like Nomura saying, yeah, we don't know how, much, how big the installments are going to be, like how, they're going to, how long they will be, is it going to be more detailed or whatever. I think they know they can get away with more games now. And they probably are adjusting the volume of content on the fly a little bit. So I suspect when we get a do when we do get an F7 remake part two, it is going to be mostly based on what we got in part one in terms of like mm-hmm. models and animations and voice work and stuff like that. Like things that they they already have a good foundation for that they don't have to like hit the reboot button like they do every time with a Final Fantasy sequel. I if I had to guess, I would say probably 
2023-2024 is where I look at a new game right now. And that still does feel like a very long time off, but these are this is a fairly still a big project. And I would I don't think they are too worried that the fan base will fall off between the years. I'm still very curious on what the jump from PS4 to PS5 is gonna mean. Because I think for me, when I look at a game like this, I'd assume that, okay, yeah, the next installment isn't going to take as long because you already have a framework there. You already have uh, a combat system established. You already have character models. You already have X, Y, and Z. And, you know, now, like, the job is mainly going to be, like, you know, creating new content uh, for almost... I And, again, this is going to be wrong be- be- because, of how, because of how long this is going to take and because this is, this is an entirely new game. But in my mind, I would have thought of it as like an expansion right or like as like a almost like an uncharted to uncharted lost legacy type of thing where it's like okay yeah you guys you guys have everything established this game jumping to ps5 i feel like it's going to mean they might try and go for it more so than what we have already right like i I expect the game to look better i expect the game to have better graphics i expect maybe some ray tracing you know like some use of the ssd like what are the technical leaps that you can have with those in place I, I, I'm very curious on where that stuff lands uh, and how much of a jump we could actually expect from Final Fantasy VII Remake Part 1 to Part 2. I mean, I love FF7 Part 1, but it was a bunch of hallways. Like, there's a couple of big rooms, but honestly, it's mostly just hallways. And I imagine one of the big things that are changing for the next game is, one, they have to have open fields because they're out of Midgar. Like, you can't just just teleport to Calm and then teleport to such a couple of rants and teleport to, you know, Junon or whatever. You've never played FF7, so this means nothing to you. But well, actually, I've 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 now played a lot more of FF7. I'm oh, probably really? like 20 hours in or so. Yeah, so I, I know okay. what Calm is. Yeah, tell okay. me all about Calm. So, but I mean, like, they're, I imagine to the extent that like you can make a game like that open world-ish, there's going to be large fields, large open areas for that game. But I think the biggest change is going to be you you remember F seven R every three seconds you were like crawling to a thing or like holding triangle for five seconds to pull down a lever while it loaded. Mm-hmm. That'll probably all be gone. And that is, I think, one of the most exciting things about the SSD is I don't want to deal with that shit ever again. I don't want to deal with those long loading times when I die. I don't want to deal with like just those long door opening animations. Cause it does add up. I want to say like I put 90 hours in FF7. I would bet like an hour of that was just load times. And over time that gets really fucking annoying. So I would bet a part two born new systems completely, assuming it is for new systems completely. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But uh I assume that will fundamentally change the design of those kinds of things. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Story number three, Xbox Game Pass on Switch may be less likely than we think. This is Brendan Sinclair at GamesIndustry.biz. Xbox head Phil Spencer's long-stated goal to get Xbox Game Pass on every device appears to have, have been scaled back a bit. In an interview with GameStar published late last week, Spencer suggested that uh, as, as much in a response uh, to a question about whether the, ga- whether the company's focus on giving gamers choices meant that Game, pa- game Pass would find its way to the Switch and PS5 in the future. Quote, the thing about other gaming console platforms is we're not able to bring a full Xbox experience on those platforms, Spencer said, noting that the company has been able to bring such an experience to PC and mobile phones. Quote, we know when somebody is playing uh, playing one of our Xbox games, there is an expectation that I've got my Xbox Live community, I have my achievements, Game Pass is an option for me, my first party library is completely there. 
and the other competitive platforms aren't really that interested in having a full Xbox experience on their hardware. But for us, we want to be where the gamers want to be, and that's the path that we're on, end quote. Microsoft has already ventured onto its competitors' platform uh, platforms a number of times in the past, most notably with multi-platform releases of Minecraft and Switch releases of Cuphead and Ori in the Blind Forest. The PS4 and Switch versions of Minecraft also give players the option to use their Microsoft accounts to allow for cross-platform play and adding friends through their Xbox gamer tags. Uh, this is a conversation we had actually very recently on this show. I think it was me and, me and Greg uh, that was talking about it, and I like I. I think it is very much the case and Phil Spencer pretty much like echoes this in the statement, right? That like the only barrier to Xbox game pass and Xbox features being on other platforms are the other platforms. Like Nintendo is yes. going to be the biggest barrier. PlayStation is going to be the biggest barrier. Um, Imran, do you see those walls falling away anytime soon? So this is going to be one of those times where I talk about news openly, but like, I had heard a year or two ago that Microsoft and Nintendo were in actual talks about xCloud and Game Pass and all that on Switch. They don't... Well, who knows? I don't know if they're not in talks anymore or, like, this is just Spencer deflecting or whatever. But I could easily see a situation where Sony kind of box it, like, no, we're not going to let you have, like, your own accounts here. Or Nintendo says, yeah, we want a piece of the pie. You can't not do that here. I can imagine easily that both those companies had their own agendas that stretches beyond, oh, this would be cool. I, I suspect Phil Spencer is also very tired of being asked about it. He's at, being tar- very tired of being asked about, like, hey, when's Ori in the Will of the Wisps coming to Switch? Or when, mm-hmm. like, are you putting Halo on PS5? Or whatever. Things like that. I bet he's kind of pissed off that, like, he, I'm sure he loves the idea of the ecosystem and people signing up for accounts and all that. But also, you want to sell a couple of boxes. You don't want to like have them sit on shelves forever. So having some incentive to buy an Xbox, probably still pretty good. I think he doesn't want, like, he would rather not talk about these things even if they are planned. So hmm. it's hard to tell what he, what his firm plans are for these things on other consoles. But I think an ideal for him is that Game Pass is everywhere, but also people buy a ton of Xboxes. And it's very hard to marry those two ideas. See, I see this kind of to your point that he like I I can see the point of him being tired of being asked about it because I think I think the reason he makes the statement is because people think that it's it's closer to happening than it is. Uh because I feel like I feel like there's a general idea that one, of course, X, Xbox would love to get their services everywhere, but also that like there's a relationship between there's a relationship there between Xbox and Nintendo that hasn't been there previously like i very much vividly remember uh the e3 where fortnite was announced for switch and then shortly after we got the the commercial that was the the green and the red and like the the cross play thing right that was like obviously like leaving out playstation but um was this was a signifier of this seeming marriage or at the very least relationship between microsoft and nintendo and with with statements and talks that we've had in the past where yeah, seemingly the end goal or a goal for Microsoft would be to get their features onto that Nintendo platform. I'm sure those talks aren't far along. I'm sure those talks are still in the stages of like, I'm sure they're still in like the flirtation stages. Like, I don't think they're ready for any sort of commitment, especially from the Nintendo side. And so I think this is Phil Spencer finally being like, all right, let's pump the brakes a little bit. Like, you know, we want this to happen, but there's a reason this is either difficult you know, to make happen, or there's a reason why this is not happening right now. And that's because Nintendo's not ready for 
Xbox to have the, the Switch takeover, right? Like Nintendo's yeah. not ready to have achievements on that platform. They're not ready to have, you know, usernames and all this different stuff in that platform. Like they're ready for the PlayStation and and more so Nintendo are ready for that in small forms. They're ready for that in terms of all right, yeah, when you're playing Minecraft, then you can use your Xbox gamer tag, you know, or or you know when you're playing Cuphead or whatever, then you can earn. I, I don't even know if you can earn, earn achievements through that, but then you can you know have access to these small Xbox features, but overall from like a system level there's still that that trepidation that i think nintendo has that is preventing uh this from happening and also like like this is a a bit of a walk but when valve tried to put uh one of their like the some things onto ios and it became a an issue with with apple that Valve didn't want to give up their cut, and Apple said anything that you purchase on iOS has to give us a cut of the money. I could easily see that being a situation mirrored in Microsoft and Nintendo. Because let's say you have Game Pass on the Switch. If you do buy something on the Switch, or like do make it a decision to make a purchase, or buy more Game Pass Ultimate or something, Nintendo is going to want some of that money because it is on their platform. Mm-hmm. But Microsoft's going to be like, well, no. Why would we give you the money? We're, this is our service. You're really not doing anything. This is entirely cloud-based. So I can imagine that situation playing out there. The way Amazon does it is when you try to buy something on Kindle, they will just say like, hey, no, you can't do this here. Like in the Kindle app, like go to the website amazon.com. And Amazon is big enough to do that. But mm-hmm. is Microsoft big enough to say, hey, you can't buy something on Switch. Go to the Microsoft.com and actually buy the thing. I could see Nintendo being pissed about that. I could see Microsoft being yeah. like, our, our customers won't do that, but don't want to give up that like 15% or whatever percentage they have to give up to Nintendo to do it. And that's the thing. That, that middle ground feels so impossible when we sit here and try to theorize it and try to figure out, like, all right, what is going to be, be that point where both, both companies are satisfied with what this meeting point is, yeah. right? Like, do you split that down the middle in terms of who gets the, the uh, revenue on software purchases? Like, what does that look like? It's... I'm I'm curious to see what this evolves into because I think xCloud on Switch would be a stroke of genius. Um, when we've seen teases of Switch having uh, game streaming, right, yeah. in Japan with, like, Assassin's Creed and stuff, but that's not necessarily come to fruition in a way that I feel like could be huge for them. Like, could, like, like that, that opens up the Switch library very dynamically if yeah. xCloud yeah. and Game Pass comes to Switch uh, in conjunction with each other. I don't know for sure, but I'm going to assume xCloud is being based on Microsoft Server Bank, which is a server bank that rivals Amazon, which is honestly one of the biggest cloud banks in the world. So if they did want to have that streaming service thing launched in America, Microsoft's one of the only partners they could really do it with. Yeah. We have to see. Story number four, this is the breaking news that Greg was typing into the doc as I was going. Rocket League is going free to play. This is from a press release. Uh, Psionics, the San Diego video game developers announced that Rocket League is going free to play later this summer. The free to play game update will be the biggest one yet and will include major changes to the tournaments and challenge systems. It will also add cross-platform progression for for players' item inventory. Rocket Rocket Pass Progress and Competitive Rank by, link- by linking to an Epic Games account. Rocket League will also make its debut on the Epic Games Store when it goes free to play. It'll be identical to the version on, on other platforms and will feature cross-platform play with all Rocket League platforms. Once Rocket League goes free to play, anyone who already owns it on any platform, including Steam, will be able to play the game with full support for future updates and features. However, the Steam version will no longer be available to download for new players. 
Anyone who, who has played Rocket League online prior to free-to-play will also be rewarded with legacy status, which includes all Rocket League branded DLC released before free-to-play, uh, established 20XX title that displays the year when the player first started playing Rocket League, 200-plus Comet items upgraded to legacy quality, Golden Cosmos boost, Dicey Oro Wheels, which I have no idea what that is, uh, Huntress Player Banner, Additionally, players who played Rocket League before today's announcement will receive an extra item, the Faded Cosmos Boost. These items will be awarded to, uh, to players, player accounts when the game goes free to play. Very exciting news. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think this makes complete sense. Rocket League, Rocket League has had an interesting journey because at the very start of it, when it released on PS Plus, it kind of had that, like, almost the spirit of a free-to-play game because so many so many people played it right. as a game that was i mean i know ps plus isn't free exactly but kind of free to play right like we all like so many people got into it at that uh at that first month and it was that initial boost that it had that that allowed for so many other people to to, to be aware of it um and its success kind of it, it's it skyrocketed in success because it released in a somewhat free way and so i feel like this is them almost coming full circle in a way that's yeah. pretty cool and honestly, I think it's epic trying to apply the Fortnite logic to Rocket League. And if there's any game that you can apply Fortnite logic to, it's Rocket League. Of like, sure. once you make it free to play and once you let people, everyone play it, then everything, momentum will just carry it forward from then on out. They probably have a very good live service team that's going to make it work from then on out. I think the removal from Steam is, is interesting. Yes. That I, it is. So Rebecca Valentine had to remind me of this, but. When they released PR last year, they implied that one, it was going to go free to play, and two, that uh, they were going to remove from Steam. When they, when I think it was US Gamer questioned them on it, uh, Epic went, no, 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 we're not doing that. But a year later, they are actually doing it. I, I know people will be mad. I am positive people will be mad, but I don't think people will be mad in good faith. Because I, I feel like if you, you've had like four years to download Rocket League at this point, if you oh, people are getting mad about going to, to Epic Game Store. You saying? Yeah, being exclusive to Epic Game Store on PC. Yeah, but I mean, like, uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's whatever. You've had four years to download at this point. It's not. And it's, it's free not to play. Yeah, like it's not like you're like even if you're the kind of person that hates Epic Game Store, it's not like you're giving money directly to Epic Game Store if you get the game free to play on Epic Game Store. You know, mm-hmm. like in a way, you're kind of you're kind of you know uh, you're getting getting back at the man by playing a free game. You know. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'm, it's interesting that if you already own the game, it's still fine. You're still going to get the same updates. You have a founda- Founders Edition, all that jazz. But if you don't, I, I'm at, I can see myself, who only played a couple of games of Rocket League on PS4 way back when it was a PS Plus game, playing more Rocket League now. Because it's just a, now I know wherever I have friends, they can also have the same access to Rocket League that I have. Yeah. And that's, I think that's going to be the biggest thing, right? People being able to get back into Rocket League and having... A, a way larger player base that has access to the game and it not being a hassle to convince your friends that Rocket League is the shit because Rocket League is dope. Yeah. Um, so if you haven't played Rocket League, boom, there you go. There's your end. You should play it because it's one of the best games of the generation. It is. Story number five, rap artist Logic has signed a deal with Twitch. This is from Wesley LeBlanc at IGN. Uh, Logic has signed a deal to stream exclusively on Twitch. Sir Robert Bryson Hall II, the rapper known as Logic, and in some cases, Bobby Boy and Young Sinatra, has announced in an interview with The Verge that he has signed a deal with Twitch just days after announcing his retirement from rap. 
Logic has stream has been streaming on Twitch for a couple of years, and in that time has amassed has amassed over sixty five thousand followers and more than one point five million views. Twitch is seemingly banking to uh, banking on those numbers to go up. Quote: I'm blessed enough to have millions of fans and followers, he said. So it is a great partnership. I'm going to bring new eyes to their service, and they're going to bring new money to my bank account. And uh, dot dot dot. I'm just kidding. End quote. Jokes aside, they are bringing new money to his bank account in the form of seven figures, he said. This deal comes just days after Logic announced his retirement from rap. Imran Khan, first, are you a Logic fan? I am aware of Logic. I've heard his music. And of course, that music be banging, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's good music. I I don't dislike Logic in any way. I just haven't sought it out. Fair. Fair point. This this, This is a fun story, you know, like, and for me as somebody who is a i'm gonna say i'm a fan of logic even though i've not liked his albums for like the last four albums uh but i do love logic and i think he i he he seems like a great dude um it's been interesting following this because i was very aware of his retirement which i have thoughts about because like he teased years ago in one of his albums that he was gonna retire and then in a later album he was like psych i'm not retiring i'm making millions more albums or whatever and now he is like oh no actually i'm retiring um and the reason he said he's retiring is to go spend time with his family and so kudos um i've had thoughts on that but that then being followed by oh yeah by the way i I got seven figures to stream exclusively on twitch is a weird it feels like a weird alternate dimension kind of thing to happen because this is it's like all right how do how do those cards get played like how do we get to this point but again fun story i'm gonna make it a prediction that you're about to be very mad at me this mm-hmm. seems like a logical move oh god why would you say that why would you say that <laughs> how so it's good it's good it's fine i think every, people who can get paid should get paid i feel like this is tangentially related Streamers paying for exclu- uh, streaming companies paying for exclu- exclusivity is dumb. It's dumb as hell. And also, I still want to know what happened with Doctor Disrespect. I want to know what that deal was. I I also very much want to know what happened, Doctor Disrespect. I don't know how I feel about streaming companies being like paying for exclusive deals because I feel like that's. I mean, I feel like that's almost the same as exclusive games, right? Like you do what you do to get the content on your platform. Like it 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 is. And probably the better example would be like having an exclusive show on Netflix or whatever, or like paying for an exclusive rights to area show or whatever. This feels similar to that in a way. Yeah. And I, I imagine we're going to see more of this, like people who usually made money touring around suddenly realizing, Oh shit, we have to stay at home. So Mm -hmm. now they're going to start doing things like Twitch shows and Twitch exclusivity. And if Twitch comes paying seven figures for your, for what you would normally do on a stage, might as well do it because you're not going to get on a stage anytime soon. That's a very good point, also, that I did not even consider. Then, our last story, story number six, id or not id, uh, ID at Xbox Summer Game Fest demo event is now live. This is Jessica Ronald at news.xbox.com. With ID at Xbox's Summer Game Fest demo event, we'd like, to, we'd like to bring to you, in the comfort of your own home, 70 plus fantastic game demos of unreleased Xbox games that will be available for you to play and download between July 21st and July 27th. Games will start being playable today and we encourage you to check your xbox dashboard as more continue and uh, as as more will continue to become available throughout the week just remember that most of these demos are an early look at gameplay and may not represent the full game release including the availability in each country as developers continue to update and refine their title ahead of launch 
We're also excited to share the 15 newly announced games below are coming to Xbox. Those games are Ars Fabulae by Punk Notion, uh, Back to Belt by Mauricio Felipe, uh, Darkestville Castle by, by Epic Llama, Ephemeral Tale by Dawdling Dog Limited. I'm going to stop reading these developer names because <laughs> they get more and more ridiculous as we go. Uh, Fractal Space, Glasside, uh, K's in the Wild Masks, Mars Power Industries Deluxe, Pixel Skater, Seasons of the Samurai, Skycadia, Space, of, Space Otter Charlie, The Ambassador, Fractured Timelines, The Dark Eye, Chains of Satnav, and then The Dark Eye, uh, The Dark Eye Memoria. Is that a Pokemon uh, situation? Is it like the same game with two different things? I I I hope so. That sounds like that sounds like it'd be fun, right? You can get Chains of Statnav or you can get Memoria. Sounds cool. Yeah. Along with those titles, these are there are great. There's a great variety of games that'll be available to try, and of course, that's over seventy games. Um. So if you have an Xbox and you want to try out some demos, have a blast, have fun. That's happening uh, for a weekend again tomorrow. Uh, Greg Miller is going to be streaming twitch.tv slash uh kind of funny games uh tomorrow afternoon again playing through some of the demos having a good time so tune in for that emron this is the part of the show where usually i'd, I'd give uh, a very bad segue and then ask you where games are coming but before i do that let me tell you about our sponsor uh of course you can go to patreon.com since kind of funny games where you can get the show ad free and speaking of ads this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by klarna thanks to klarna for supporting kind of funny games daily in sweden they don't shop the Klarna. Klarna is a revolutionary new online shopping app from Sweden that allows you to shop thousands of online stores and pay for anything in four easy interest-free, interest-free payments that make shopping smoother. With the Klarna app, you can shop anywhere online from the one app. It's easy to use and convenient to browse thousands of online stores from one com- convenient place. You can pay for anything in four interest-free payments. Paying after delivery allows you to try before you buy, and you can also report returns directly in the app. You can also get the, the best deals with customized price drop alerts on items you've saved to your wish list. It's always good to shop smarter and save money. Tim loves how easy it is to find what you're looking for and get set up. Klarna is a smoother, friendlier, Swedisher way to shop online. It's the one-stop shopping app for browsing and buying anything online, all in one app, and allows you to, try, allows you to pay for anything in four easy, interest-free payments. Download the Klarna app today. That's K-L-A-R-N-A, Swedish for shopping. Imran, I'm really excited to see what the future of video game demos are and to see whether or not PlayStation and Nintendo decide to have their own big old summer game showcase. But that future is so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Drop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is set listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Out today, we got Panzer Paladin for Switch and PC, Liquid Sunshine for Xbox One, PC, and Mac, Rock of Ages 3, Make and Break for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Stadia, and PC, Rainswept for PS4, The Laundry for PC, Kio, that's K-H-I-O for PC, Nerve for PC, Golftopia for PC, One Piece Pirate Warriors 4 DLC Character Pack 1 is now available. And then Wargaming and WWE are proud to announce Update 5.0, SummerSlam Season 1. This partnership, and this is one that like Greg added as as I'm going, and so I have no idea what I'm about to read. And so I don't know what game this is, but we're about to find out. I'm reading ahead, Uh, and wow. So let me start that over again, because I want to know where this adventure goes. Wargaming and WWE are proud to announce Update 5.0, SummerSlam Season 1. 
This partnership will bring the greatest WWE legends to the massive world of tanks battles <laughs> on Xbox One and PS4. That's awesome. Um, the following WWE superstars are now available as premium collector's tanks for World of Tank on console. Andre the Giant, Sergeant Slaughter, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Becky Lynch, The Undertaker. Um, update 5.0 also brings the highly demanded cross-play functionality between Xbox One and PS4 and the return of popular commander mode for the World of Tanks console. Wow. question I've been thinking about. Do you think The Undertaker is the... the only real wide real life person to be in that many video games oh i like this question i would have to actually like sit down and count it up and like compare it but i feel like yes because he's been in games since the nes era that's a really good question i can't think of somebody who would rival the undertaker in terms of games appearances aside from like um well i was gonna say like sport like michael jordan or something but like Again, like WWE games come out yearly, like yeah, and he and also Michael Jordan retired. I mean, Undertaker retired, but he's probably also still. Did he? Because I still see him in shit. I don't like. Oh, he lost. He lost to WrestleMania against like Shawn Michaels, I think, because it was like a no. Wait, am I thinking of Ric Flair? Uh, he lost twice in WrestleMania, I believe. Who do you lose to first? Because that was like the that was the one where he retired, right? Was it John Cena? Uh, I mean, he hasn't actually retired. This is a great. It was definitely not John Cena. No, it was Brock Lesnar and one other person. Brock Lesnar was the second one. Who was the first? Who's no, the okay. First Bro- per- Brock Lesnar was the first one. Who was the second one? Okay. And uh, Roman Roman Reigns. Oh God. Roman Reigns. Yeah. Oh, interesting. But I thought the and maybe I'm just maybe I'm getting this mixed up with Ric Flair because Ric Flair was the one who fought Shawn Michaels in his final match, and Shawn Michaels did the thing where he looked up at Ric Flair and was like, "I'm sorry," and then gave yeah. him the chin music. Really cool. Oh, chills. Yeah. And then Dude, they, I, they really I, fucked it up with uh, what's his face. Not the first one, the second Roman Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Like, oh, they he, fucked it up. Yeah, he was gonna do the tombstone. It just, it was really sad. Look at these tanks. Yeah, I wa- <laughs> I, <laughs> they, wait, I don't have it pulled up. Oh my god, that's, that's awesome! That's amazing. And I love, is, like, is it amazing though, or is like, is it one of those things where it's like, I don't know that this needed to be made. I appreciate when things are stupid, and this is real stupid. It this certainly is. is. But I like in a, in, a, in a way I can appreciate. Um, Continuing on the wrestling train, though, th- this morning I was watching, uh, I was on TikTok as I usually am, <laughs> and uh, somebody essentially posted on TikTok uh, a match from, I think it was like forever ago, but it was it was um, uh, Royal Rumble, and it came down to Batista and John Cena, and some folks probably remember this well, because this was like a crazy, like, it was a botch, um, but basically Batista was going for the powerbomb, and I know people who don't watch wrestling or don't a fuck about wrestling or like why are we still talking about wrestling but i'm talking about this because this this is huge right uh batista was about to get john cena the power bomb but lost balance and they both went oh, over bless. the ropes Greg's at the same time you. oh where's my phone i'm sorry i i was listening it's just the chat was blowing up my bad <laughs> okay greg if you want to call me again sorry i keep my phone uh, off during the show because i i i um i'm You're professional, professional you know? yeah can you I'm finish the story though bless yeah, so they, they both go over the ring and they hit the ground at the same time. And, and it was one of those things where it's like, all right, obviously that wasn't supposed to happen. But that, then what happened was the referees from SmackDown started being like, oh, Batista won. And then the referees from, from Raw were like, no, it's John Cena. And they started like raising their hands to like to show that, they're, that they won. Um, and then they both got into the ring because they're going to like restart the thing. Uh, and then out of nowhere, Vince McMahon like starts storming down the, uh, the ramp to like make his way toward the ring. And as he slides into the ring, he like, 
tears his his uh fuck what's the muscle that's like in your upper leg like his hamstrings or whatever like he tears essentially both of them at the same time and has to like fake like everything's okay okay greg miller's calling me which is really impressive real impressive (laughs) that he just kept going uh greg miller how's it going can you make it worse how do you make it worse? All right, you're over here totally wrong about The Undertaker, and then while I'm trying to fucking call you, you fuck up the Vince McMahon story, too. <laughs> did, you did, I, did I fuck it up? Yeah, your goddamn mouth. Yeah, it was his quads, not his His quads. Oh, everybody, everybody knows, knows it. Everybody. So what's up, what's, what's up with The Undertaker stuff? Did he? So he so lost to Brock Lesnar. The under, yeah, don't even worry about any of that stuff, because, no, The Undertaker, like, technically maybe is retired now because they did this whole thing called undertaker the last ride which was this multi-part documentary that in june just ended and on that one he was finally like it, it basically chronicles and I'll, I'll give you my login information so you can watch it because it's really good but it basically chronicles all the times he tried to retire and then just like couldn't get it out of his system and kept coming back and kept coming back and kept coming back and so this one ends with him finally being a place where he's like i, I think i can actually leave it so like it it's kind of like he's retired now you know so, what I mean? So, so like, do you do you think this just happened? Do you? I have two questions for you. One, are you gonna play that World of Tanks thing? Because uh, it looks Fuck pretty no. fun. Um, <laughs> and then two, do you think Undertaker has been in more games than any other character? Yeah, this real is a life question. question you guys had. I like this one real a lot, and I, I do think. Yeah, no, I know what you meant. Uh, I, I've been watching the show. You've been killing. It. Um, yeah, I, I, it's gotta be close, right? Because you you could toss anybody in there, but even like. Hogan's taken years off, obviously, and then obviously when he went to be full-blown racist, they could cut him out for a while. So, like, yeah. right there, Undertaker's got the lead on him, but then Undertaker's still in everything all the time, and there are the multiple things. I think it's that, and I like how you brought up uh, uh, Michael Jordan, but then again, you know, he retires, and then there's these years where it's not, whereas there's a WWE game at least every year, let alone mobile stuff, let alone whatever. I think, I think Undertaker's got a really good shot at it. I'm curious. I'm going to do the research after the episode. <laughs> all right, cool. Thank all you. right. Thanks Bye. for calling. God, he Listen, sucks, you know. <laughs> I don't know who who it could be aside from the Undertaker. This is like a this is a very good question that I think we're again just like the whole are we going to restart twenty twenty one thing. I want us to go our separate ways. I want us to, I want us to do our research, figure out how we feel, and then the next time we're all on a show together, I want us all to figure this out. Right? I this want should us all be to an extra segment. Is even us figuring me? out. Even you, uh, Kevin. I almost called you Greg. Even I you, know, Kevin. I noticed it. Hurt a lot. <laughs> i apologize i apologize uh also out today ea and bioware have announced that star wars the old republic the popular star wars mmorpg is now available to download for free on steam new dates risk of rain 2 will complete its steam early access uh and officially launch on august 11th and then samurai jack battle through time will be released on august 21st 2020 for ps4 xbox one nintendo switch and on windows pc uh imran are you are you in a samurai jack I like that show. I did not like the ending that when they brought it back for Adult Swim. I thought that ending was real dumb. But mm-hmm. the I like that show overall. I kind of I don't know that I want to play another samurai game right now. Uh, but it's like different though. Yeah, it's different. Oh, it's very different. Come on. Yeah, I, I don't. I wait, real quick, quick, quick question. I thought, but uh, do you think it's worth rewatching? Because I I got like four episodes into the original show. And I was like, I like this. I might rewatch Dude, the whole thing. Samurai Jack is so. I started rewatching it a few years ago on Hulu. It's not on oh. Hulu anymore, which hurts my heart because I want to finish it. Um, but that show holds up. Also, it's. So, it's so I didn't realize it ended when it got rebooted. Like ended, ended. You got to yeah, no, they had an actual, yeah. actual ending 
that if you don't like time travel paradoxes is real stupid. I love time travel paradoxes. Okay, if you like not like going it's one of those things of this doesn't oh, make any it, sense, but I'm a bootstrap man, you know what I mean? I oh, just I, I just finished watching Dark. That show is <laughs> fucked up. So I I've not I don't know anything about the ending of Samurai Jack, and so these are not spoilers. This is me speculating. And if I'm right about this, Imran, don't tell me that I'm right because I, I hope this isn't the case. Because mm-hmm. you, you saying that you're not a fan of time travel paradoxes is giving me the that that is giving me the energy that like is Samurai Jack going to end up actually being Aku? Is that where this is going? Yeah, that I always. Oh, it's not quite okay, that thing, okay. but oh, it gets into a thing that like if this should if this happened, it should have happened immediately and not waited like two years to actually happen. You you Fair. will you will notice it immediately, and how you feel about it is going to differ from person to person. For me, I was like, "What the fuck? That doesn't make any sense." So I I ask you if you're a Samurai Jack person, mainly because me and Greg have this fantasy draft that we do for PS Love You, where we draft games based on how well how well they think we think uh, they're going to review on Open Critic. And I'm I'm looking at the Samurai Jack game, and I'm like, this doesn't look like it's going to be bad, honestly. Like it, it's giving me vibes of it. it could be okay. It looked fine when I saw the trailer a couple of months ago. But I think like it's just it just looks fine. Not like anything. I, it's not one of those games I would go out of my way to pursue playing. Sure, I can see that. I'm right now. I'm sitting in a place of do I think it's going to be higher than a seventy? Because that's my bar now. My bar is like <laughs> anything that I think can exceed a seventy is what I'm going for. Passing um, grade. Yeah, passing grade. And so I'm, I'm I'm eyeing that game. Hopefully, Greg stop watching after the whole WWE chat because I don't need him to intervene. Uh. Imran, this is where usually we'd get into uh, uh, reader mail and people would write in and let us know what we got, or not, not, not what we got wrong because that's later, but essentially let us know their questions, uh, do all that good stuff. We had questions written during the show uh, and we're running late on this show and so we don't have time to do a separate reader mail segment, but we're going to get show. into some of your questions during that post show um, and then usually we transition to squad up, but we don't have a squad up today and so we're going directly to your wrong where you let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong. Uh, Jordan B. writes in with a year-wrong from yesterday's show. Uh, he said, this is a year-wrong from yesterday's show, but I couldn't let it go. Yesterday, Blessing, stated the show, uh, Blessing started the show with saying how he got a bagel and began listing what was on it. His full quote was, bagel, egg, cheese, bacon. Now, Blessing, as you grew up in Illinois, Seattle, and now SF, I'll let it slide. But as a New Yorker, I need to correct your nomenclature. That sandwich would be called a bacon, egg, and cheese on a bagel. If you start with bagel, people assume you mean with cream cheese. And the order for egg sandwiches always goes meat, egg, and cheese. Thank you and hope you, you enjoy the, this hole in the morning, uh, even if it doesn't make it to the show. This These are some the arbitrary-ass rules that this guy's putting down. I, I'm going to say I, it. I started reading it thinking <laughs> that I had accidentally said something offensive. And then when I got to where it was, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I like the idea that bacon, egg, cheese, is it like if you put it in the right order, it's just a secret slur. Also, uh, I had a bagel this morning, one of them lock bagels. I don't think the hmm. order matters of what I'm describing. There was cream cheese in it, but there was also salmon and onions. God, it was good. Let's see. Some folks are writing with breaking stuff that I'll look into and maybe we'll talk about tomorrow. Um, more context on some things. Let's see. Peter MC89 says Undertaker won against AJ Styles at this year's WrestleMania, but he had a documentary this year, and this is what Greg was talking about. Uh, Ill Grill Chill says muscles in front of your legs are your quadriceps. 
Listen, I am not a. I'm not a. I was gonna say a physicist. I don't think that. Yeah. I am not. I think you're trying to say physical therapist or something. Physiologist. Maybe that's what I was trying to say. I don't know, man. I'm ending the show because I'm tired. Uh, Tomorrow's hosts are as follows. Get ready for this, Greg and Andrea Renee. That's right, the busiest lady in the business is making her return to the show. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. You should never beat that at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. We have a Patreon post show for those that are subbed at the silver level of patreon.com. This is Kind of Funny Games, so stick around for that. Otherwise, until next time, it's been our pleasure to serve you.